Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade, helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. G'day, Wazza. Wazza. Someone <laughs> called me Wazza recently and I did the whip around with the angry face on and then had to just check myself because <laughs> I was like, nobody calls me Wazza. Oh, except you perhaps. Except personally. me sometimes when I'm well, being cheeky. You, because you like to poke the bear if you I do like to poke the bear. And you have just perfectly dovetailed into something that we'll be talking quite a bit about today, and that's changing your mindset, right? Oh, nice Chucky Norris segue. Speaking of fighting too. Yes. Oh, we're, just, we're just rolling out the segues. <laughs> Chuck Norris, he did a bit of fighting in his movies. He did do a little bit of fighting, or Chuck Norris doesn't fight. I don't know. There's something there something. that you can make up, and I forgot. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how to do it. We... We are speaking to someone who is bringing the fight in a different way in today's episode. A uh, man by the name of Jason Satiris from the Fair Fight Foundation. There's a bit of alliteration using the F word. <laughs> Got to think about that one. And um, heck of a story. It's incredible. Uh, but today's episode is really cool because there's like three stories within the story. Mm. And there's all these. Uh, wisdom bombs getting dropped around the place uh, from a tradie, a father, um, a husband, a lifelong learner. <laughs> he scun his knees a few times by the sounds of it. Uh, and it's just a cracking episode. Probably we, we've probably run with a bit of a theme lately, Coxie, around change. And uh, I guess just going deep into some of the nuances and the finer points of how to make change because mm. it's different for everybody. And and I think mm. Jason shares some great stuff that I haven't heard before, to be honest. Yeah, there were some amazing insights in this episode. It's a cracking story. Um, just stop and listen to this one. Take the time to actually stop and listen to this one. Don't let it wash over you while you're doing something else. I really want you to sit in a chair and think about the – the lessons that Jason really shares today, it's a bit of a uh, an eye-opener, a heart-warmer, a tear-jerker. This one, this one will really leave you thinking, um, but please stick with it. Stick with us. You will. The second you start listening, you're in like Flynn, I'm sure, and you will love it as much as we enjoyed our chat with Jason. Not working? It That's is just as there you, you said that it started working. So welcome to the podcast Jason Satiris, I hope I've said that right, mate. Yes, you have. Yes, From you the have. Fair Fight Foundation, all the Fs, mate. Wearing the Marvel hoodie, and I uh, saw the. Is it was it a Captain America coffee cup? I saw just flash up there. Or something. Yeah, yeah, mate. It's made especially <laughs> for this podcast. <laughs> Been looking <laughs> forward to it, mate. Our listeners will go. be uh, intrigued to know what this is all about. I'm sure there's a few people out there picturing boxing gloves and canvas right now. <laughs> i am now <laughs> mate welcome to the podcast great to be having a chat with you today um nicole heard you recently on the radio i believe mm-hmm. is that right abc brisbane that's right 
Yep. Loved the story. Loved even more that we were talking to a tradie and just had to reach out. Jason and I had a great chat last week. Uh, super keen to bring his message. See how I'm dropping into the supers already. We're going to do a lot of supering. <laughs> uh, super keen to share his message and his story. There's an, a very interesting story. Listeners, you are in for a treat today. Um, Jason, we'd like to start. We don't do bios here because we're really bad at them and we manage to get them wrong every time we try. So we'd like you to give us your bio. Who are you, Jason? Uh, and how do we come to be chatting today? Uh, that's how do I answer that with getting without getting too philosophical now? Um, <laughs> that's usually my uh, Yeah, you are right. I'm a tradie. Uh, I'm a father of three, and uh, I've been in the the construction game for for nearly ten years. And uh, found myself now as a CEO of a new charity. And the charity status was granted to us last year in uh, October, November. And if you would have met me two years ago and said, hey, you're going to be a, a CEO of a, of a charity, I would have laughed at you. And uh, the reason why we have this charity is because as a tradie, um, I wanted to have a crack at reinventing the hospital gown for kids in hospital. And the reason why I wanted to do that was I wanted to find a way to help my daughter who was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer uh, shortly after her first birthday. She was getting progressively unwell, talking to a few different doctors, and eventually we ended up at the children's hospital. And it took them four days of testing. And, and, and when, I, when I say four days of testing, that was the slowest four days in mm. terms of time passing and how anxious we were just for any updates uh, I you know it, it was it was so traumatic to mm. sort of just ask continually is there any updates do we know what's wrong with her because she was so unwell and then come the fourth day the afternoon um it, it was a rainy day and they sat us down in one of the playrooms that they have on the wards in the children's hospital and uh, we had the room to ourselves and they said look we know what's wrong with her um, the tests have came back and it's verified and she is uh, unfortunately very unwell. And she, they diagnosed her with a very rare form of cancer called Langerhans cell histiocytosis. When I first heard that word, I was like, I was looking at the doctor's reaction to sort of see, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Is this, can this be fixed with a pill and we'll be home tomorrow or, or something? Mm. And they looked me right in the eye and, and, you know, it, it was quite a serious conversation. And I had to ask that question that every parent would like to know in that situation was what are, what are her chances of beating this? Now, unfortunately for my little girl, um, she had tumors all over her body, liver, spleen, it was present in her bone marrow, it was on her skin, um, and it, it was it was a fight in front of her. And and when I asked what are her chances of beating it, they told me straight. She has looked from what we're seeing here and what we've seen with kids before, she has a twenty percent chance of survival. So you can interpret that how you wish. That's either you know twenty percent chance I'm going to focus on that, or there's an eighty percent chance I'm going to walk out of here without my little girl. Now, for the tradies that are listening to this podcast that especially our parents, uh, if you can imagine how I'm feeling, uh, what bloody use am I to this? What can I do? Yeah, as that father, as that parent, as that protector, I, I, I can only describe it as what it felt like a bully that was trying to kill her, that was inside of her, and I just couldn't get to it. 
And I felt like a useless, helpless dad. And I was really frustrated. So out of desperation, I was looking for ways that I could try and help her. What I noticed that when kids go through the battle with cancer and they're on these chemotherapy treatments, some of the chemo that they give the kids are quite harsh. The type that causes all sorts of reactions as well as makes you lose your hair. Um, One particular night was quite traumatic. She woke up, she coughed, she threw up. And here I am trying to change her when she has all these IV drips and heart monitors and all these things. And if, um, if I had a pair of scissors on me or if I had the ability to just rip that shirt off, I would. But then a light bulb went off in my head and I was thinking to myself, you know what, I'm going to have a go at this. It took me two years. had a lot of help. You can imagine my daughter went through treatment for nearly three years. So I got to know a lot of the nurses, a lot of parents that were going through similar journeys, got to bounce ideas off them. And uh, in June 2018, I walked back into that hospital with my little girl and I'm holding the super tea. And we gave it the name super tea because it's a superhero themed garment. My son is a superhero fanatic. I mean, you look at me today, we're in the Marvel jumper. <laughs> you should see he's, he's got, co- we've got a wardrobe just for his costumes. <laughs> That's cool. He spent a lot of time away from his sister. You know, she was, treatments and scans and that sort of thing. And uh, she was in scanning one day. He was very young. He didn't quite understand. He comes out of his bedroom dressed as a superhero and I was looking after him whilst mum was at the hospital with Angela. And as a joke, I say to him, you know, what are we doing today? Who are we saving? And he mentioned his sister's name. And I, 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 you know, as parents, you don't really realise the impact that having a sick child has on the brothers and sisters or the siblings, you know. But when I researched and I looked into that, there's actually something known as the alter ego effect, the superhero effect. Mm. Well, you know, we'll talk about the concept of mental health. It was something that we really wanted to bring for the kids in hospital because morale is really low. A lot of these kids don't understand what's going on. And I challenge anyone to answer that question. How do you encourage a child to be brave in hospital when they've got no bloody idea what it means to be brave. Mm. Okay. But I can tell you something. They know what a superhero is. Mm. They know what a superhero does and what it means to be a superhero. So when I researched, um, I managed to come into contact with this awesome child psychologist. Her name is Dr. Stephanie Carlson. She's based in Minnesota in America. I still stay in contact with her. And she shared uh, a few of her studies with me. And we got to see that there's a psychological distance between the child and the task at hand when they take on that persona of adopting a different character. And they're now looking at it through the lens of someone different you impersonate that superhero. So now all of a sudden it's not Johnny or Sally going in for an MRI or surgery. It's now Captain America or Captain Marvel. Mm. And that's something we wanted to bring to the kids. And it gave us the idea of, okay, let's let's have this as a superhero-themed garment. The stories that I've heard and come across, the, the families I've met, the odds overcame and the odds lost 
um, these kids as superheroes. Mm. And it gave, it gave the most appropriate name, Super T. It's not a gown. It's not a T-shirt. It's a Super T. Since then, we've grown very fast. We're now in every major children's hospital. We're in hospitals that have pediatric wards. And I can't keep up with the requests from the nurses and play therapists. We, the kids that we've helped, the, the super teas that we've distributed, it's not even a drop in the ocean in comparison to the number of sick kids there are out there facing life-threatening conditions. Yeah. So it's a very long bio, but that's the, <laughs> that, that is pretty much what, you know, uh, the summary of it all, well, I, I think, yeah. You can pretty much guarantee that I would have made an absolute meal of that, mate, and not <laughs> it with anywhere near the impact um, that no. you have. Of course, it's your story. So, um, Jason, just curious, mate, what uh, what is or was your trade? I'm not sure if you're still doing that now, but okay. Um, I, I try to find the most elaborate way to explain it. Okay, <laughs> um, I, I am a bathroom silicon specialist, otherwise known as a joint sealer. Cool. So you, you <laughs> I like the gaps. extrapolated version. Yeah. <laughs> it looks better on a business card, you know. It looks better. It's like, what's this guy? Oh, you know. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's it's something I never planned to be in. It, uh, I actually have a history of being in 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 real estate. I was an estate agent overseas. That's where I met my wife, and uh, came over here, tried it, realized it was very different to the way it was overseas that I was used to, and couldn't handle the long hours thought that I could have more control if I had my own business and became a tradie because my brother's a tradie, he's a waterproofer, made it seem and sound awesome. And how wrong was I? Hey, uh, <laughs> I'm sure a lot reality. of tradies, yeah, I'm sure a lot of tradies out there, yeah, I'm still working. It's six o'clock, seven o'clock at night, still trying to, still try, I get to go home when the job is done. Mm. So, but it worked out. It was okay. Um, I'm no longer a tradie. I, I, I dabble every now and then with friends and, and family. I'm a full-time CEO now of a charity. So, yeah. It's a heck of a transition, mate, and, and it's something oh, wow. I'd love to <laughs> dig into a little bit is, uh, particularly for our listeners, of course, uh, being trade business owners predominantly and, and trade business wives, um, is that transition from, I guess, doing with your hands, you know, you you filling people's gaps or selling their real estate or whatever it is to what seems at least to people from the outside, you know, the role of a CEO of just probably doing this, you know, drinking coffee out of a Captain America mug, <laughs> uh, having chats with people on the computer, moving pieces yep. of paper around the desk. Uh, can you talk to us a bit about that transition from what you were doing before to the actual business side of the foundation, the Fair Fight Foundation? Certainly. Um, the, the first thing that comes to mind is I, I was actually built to sit at a desk pushing buttons <laughs> at a computer and then, and, and then to be thrown into the world of a construction site where you're lifting heavy things and carrying boxes and climbing up scaffolding and stuff, that sort of stuff. I, I just wasn't built for it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I enjoyed being a bathroom silicon specialist. <laughs> I, 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 I enjoyed it. And, and I, you know, it's something that I will miss. 
And I think a lot of tradies that are feeling perhaps if they're feeling that now listening to that podcast or this podcast where they're thinking, oh, geez, I hate this trade. If you've done something for so long and you become quite proficient in it and you, you know, you consider yourself a master of your trade, like I did, you're going to miss it because that's mm-hmm. the world you know. So it was hard for me to say goodbye to it. It was definitely a leap of faith to, to say, hey, I'm, I'm going to leave this and go back into, I wouldn't consider it corporate world. It's a chari- The charity industry is its own little world. You're, you're in the business of trying to support and further your cause. Mm. And, in, and in our case, it's trying to help Australia's sickest children uh, get through their hospital journey. So uh, I, I've learned a lot of things along the way being a tradie there's a lot of things that i think a lot of tradies don't realize what they pick up being a tradie such as the understanding that you know it's up to you to get the job done Mm -hmm. that when you start something you have to finish it and only when you finish it that you can put your uh, you, you know you deserve your 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 payment or put your invoice in um the 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 long hours that it takes to build a business how you juggle being a tradie with your hands on the tools as well as trying to grow a business. All of these things that I've been able to take from that life into this, in addition to what I learned being a real estate agent, which is negotiating deals, trying to manage a team, being in the car a lot, driving around. <laughs> um, you, you just take what you know. And, and what I find so interesting about this is that everybody's journey is different. But I don't think we realize what sticks. And I think that a lot of people should, if you're a tradie and you've started and you've got your own business or you're working for someone and you've been with them for a while, I don't think a lot of us look back often and sort of take that moment and say, hey, I've, I've, been, I've done this for quite a while. I'm actually quite proud of myself. Mm. So this is, this is, I think, an opportunity or a reminder to everybody listening, you know, take that time. Just look back and say, hey, I've been a plumber for such and such. I've been a painter or a sparky. And if you've survived that long and done that, done it for that long and you're still able to do it, that's that itself is, you know, it's something to be proud of. Not a lot of people can survive in the construction industry, I think. No, it's a tough industry. And I think what you're talking about there, that, that transfer of skills that we pick up, interesting to pull that back even into your personal story with your daughter and how you were able to transfer the skills you'd learn along the way of being in business, whether it be in real estate or being a tradie or any of your other life experiences, and then bring them to the fore as you needed to with having to cope with, I don't know if there's any other way to explain what you go through when a child is so sick. I think you're just putting one foot in front of the other. There's Mm. no opportunity for you to even get deep understanding of what you might be about to go through because there's no there's no one journey that's the same for you to really get that so that transfer of skills yet again has shown up when your daughter was so so ill and you needed to be there for her and your family and lead your way through that process did you at any point in time in those early days when it was really just so crucial and you referenced earlier the the long period of time of not knowing and the waiting did you have any concept at that point and hindsight's a marvellous thing, of course, but what sort of skills you might need to bring to the plate for you to be able to keep moving forward through those really challenging times? Yeah, and it's, it's a really good question to ask, actually. Um, w- one thing that I remember is 
when you go through something like that, you're, you're mentally fatigued. You're so tired and there's no end in sight. You don't know when, when is this, is, is this nightmare going to stop? Mm. Please tell me that this is just a dream and I'm going to wake up from this. You, You add that into, I mean, whilst my daughter was going through treatment, I still needed to work. I think a lot of parents tend to forget uh, or a lot of people forget that when a child is diagnosed off, mum or dad would give up their job to be bedside. So you've got to worry about can I now continue on and work as a, as a trainee, work in my business. The skills that I think I, I, I think naturally as a trainee, you develop some sort of resilience. You, 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 I'm sure there's a lot of trainees out there that can relate where they've turned up to jobs and think, oh, this is going to be easy. I'm going to be in and out of here in a flash. And then, yeah, you forget one tool or one thing breaks and then your day is stuffed. Um, yeah. So you, you, you tend to have an understanding that um, don't celebrate too early, be, be patient, be resilient, um, don't jump the gun. I, I think that all kind of to a degree gets thrown out the window when you're going through something as traumatic as just learning that your child has cancer and has a very slim chance of survival. It's completely reactionary. There was a lot of times where um, I found it really hard to contain myself. I knew I, I had this one rule that I would not cry in front of my child. A lot of parents would probably disagree that that is not probably the best thing to do. But in that circumstance, I felt that I had to I had to control whatever I could control. So if I was going to have a breakdown, I would do it in private in the hallway of the of, of the, the hospital room. As far as my daughter is concerned, everything is hunky dory. Everything's good. Every everything's everything is okay. Mm. Um, so w- when I started to look at her situation and time was passing and we were getting encountering some really tough situations. I started to ask myself, what, what is it that I can do? That question was really something that I was desperate to answer. Now it takes on average a billion dollars to come up with a new type of drug. Mm. When you look back of how a drug is, formed and it goes through all the red tape and gets to the part where it's approved and can be distributed and, and, and used. Um, it takes about a billion dollars on average. And there's no way I'm going to come up with a billion dollars. <laughs> um, and no matter how many fun runs and barbecues and jobs I do, I'm, I'm not going to get close to that. But I did think to myself, well, what if, what if there was an industry that could be created or what if there was a cause that everybody could get behind it? And I don't know if you remember the ice bucket challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That will probably go down in history as one of the most successful fundraising um, events that people took part of. I mean, you, celebrities of every sort mm-hmm. got involved in that. So I wanted to see what, what would be my ice bucket challenge that I could bring to the world. And, the, and, and when I saw my daughter's challenge of, of being comfortable in a hospital bed and the degree of control that you have over her hygiene, and the idea of the super tea sort of started and how hard it was to come up with different ways to solve that problem, I really had to tap into that tradie mindset. How many tradies have been on jobs where they've had to just figure out how to get the job done? 
Mm. So, you know, and if you don't get the job done, guess what? You're not getting paid. <laughs> um, you, you know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be hard, or you're gonna lose that customer because they're not gonna believe in you as being that go-to tradie that solves their problems. Um, and I think when you think of tradies, that's essentially what we are. We're problem solvers. We, we we come on site and the problem is handle this, move that, do this, build this. So it it took about two years. And we tried everything, Velcro, zippers, buttons, um, reversible versions. I think there was one with shoelace ties. My kids were the guinea pigs. We tried every single way that you could operate or create a garment. The money that I, <laughs> I threw at trying to make uh, a hospital garment, thank God I uh, came into contact with this lovely old lady who lives not too far from me who took pity on me. She saw what I was trying to do. She's, uh, you know, one of those ladies that do the alterations for your kids' school uniforms. She, she, she said, I'll help you. And she came out with um, the final prototype that we used just before going into mass production. And it's people like that, that you come across that if you don't have the skill set, there are people out there that may know part of the answer at least. So to answer that question, um, it's that mindset of not knowing, but bloody hell, I'm going to figure it out. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, Warwick. We both drew breath at the same time. We do this all the time. (laughs) I'll let you take a swig of that coffee, mate. Uh, You mentioned earlier, there's so many questions I want to ask, but uh, you mentioned earlier about emotions and um, choosing when to show them and with whom. Yeah. I just wondered if you had any strategies that you employed to be able to do that or if it was just what, you know, a lot of people think it's just willpower or epic levels of discipline. But, you know, how did that pan out for you and did you succeed? There's a short and a long answer to this. (laughs) The the, the short answer is um, you cope. And the, and the long answer is you find ways to cope and, and that might be from things that you've experienced in the past. It could be from realizing that, hey, this is a child that has no understanding of what's going through, um, what they're going through, and I don't want to make it worse. The least I can do is just make things uh, as, as good as I can make it. For myself personally, <laughs> I found talking to myself quite helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's underestimated. I think that's underrated as well. Just having a good bloody conversation with yourself, whether that's in front of a mirror you, you, or writing it down. I think a lot of people don't, under, uh, you know, don't understand the power that's in that. It's just something about getting it out of here mm-hmm. through there. It, it kind of, it just, it, it just does something. Um. And, and knowing that there are times where it's appropriate to let it out, mm. um, sometimes you, you can't help it. Um, but I think that if you, it's like, okay, I'm, when I get into that car, I'm just going to let it out, whether that's screaming, whether that's crying. Um, don't underestimate what a punching bag can do <laughs> to help you. Yeah, a good punching bag, yeah, for us blokes, uh, for the girls as well. I mean, no, <laughs> I'm sure that. There's a lot of broken punching bags around from people, depending on how upset or pissed off you are, I suppose. Um, 
Did you have but it, faces it, in your punching bag, Jason? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think I think it's just whatever the strategies would differ for every person. It's whatever way that you cope. But I would encourage you to to find ways to cope. Could be it could be through music. Music alters alters your your mood. Mm. You know, uh, a sad song will make you sad. Um, a pumped up song will get you pumped. You know, so. It, it, it's whatever tools you need to utilize. For me, I utilized it all, whatever whatever way I could work. Um, I, I listen to motivational stories. Um, I, I tend to focus on the positive. Any any stories of kids losing their battle to to cancer, I would avoid because hey, that's not us. You know, even though it could have been, that's not us. Mm. Um, I think I had the mindset of whether to focus on either the twenty percent. Or the, uh, of survival, the eighty percent chance of not surviving. And when you consider that the jury is still very much um, deliberating on whether or not a positive mindset makes a difference, at least in the medical aspect, you know, whether you go into hospital as a positive person or a negative person, what that does as your, to, you know, what that does for your diagnosis, I, I think it's inconclusive. But I'm convinced that it does make a difference I, I believe that if you went in there um and, and it's only because of what i see in the people i meet you know if you ever meet anyone from a military background if you're going into war you're going into fight or you know be it a um a boxer or mma mma fighter if you're going in with the mindset that i'm going to kick this person's butt i'm gonna you know i'm gonna i'm gonna have this this is mine i'm gonna win i think it does give you that edge so uh, that's all I can say really from that perspective. I, I'm not trained or I'm not a counsellor. I can only say that that's what helped me. Um, yeah, I was convinced my daughter was going to make it. Nothing beats a positive attitude, I feel. We talk about it quite a bit here at Tradies in Business and I think, um, you know, finding that positive attitude in some of those really hard moments can be challenging, but if you do have the resources to draw on, whether that be the the boxing bag, whether it be having those conversations with yourself, can be really beneficial to help reminding you and bringing you back to that point. I think um, something we don't talk about enough, I believe, is the way the men in our lives are leaders within their own families. We all take on different roles in our, in our families trying to be a leader through such a challenging situation to try and help the rest of your family, your other children, your wife, your extended family get through a situation like this. I, I know the men I talk to carry that um, weight quite seriously, quite heavily. Yep. How was that for you and, and and how then did you manage to, I guess at times you you either need to lean into your feelings that might be similar to what the other members are feeling or whether you put yours again aside so that you can help them with theirs. Like that's a, that's a huge challenge in itself. Mm. How did you get through that part of what you've been through? Well, uh, all I can say about that is <sighs> what drives you is your why. Okay. So I, here I am, I've got this little girl. She's She's battling cancer. She's trying to stay alive. Anything that can go wrong. She's getting infections. She's being, you know, she's 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 catching viruses. Poor thing. She's she's copying it, mm. you know. Um, so, you know, I I dwelled a lot on why. Why is it happening to her? Why is it happening to to her? You know, it's just not fair. It's not fair. 
but I've got this girl that I've got to help. I've got this little girl that I've got to help. Um, so then I, I stopped. That was my motivation. My, my why of waking up every morning and having to fight it, that she was my, she was my fire. Okay. And then you start wrestling with that concept of why, why is it her? And then you start realizing there's no answer to that. What's happened has happened. I've got to, I've got to deal with it. So then I should dedicate my focus on how, mm-hmm. okay, or what, or when, or where. Those are the questions I think are better to focus on. Um, I, I think a lot of us dads, um, we, we focus so much on, on why things happen to us that we need to shift our focus more into, well, okay, well, what can I control? How can I control it? When can I do this? Where can I do it? With who? Um, I, 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 I don't know if you're following what I'm saying here, mm. but it's, yeah, it, it, it's kind of just a mindset. It's a mindset shift. shift mm. Because for me, there was nothing I could do to, to really help her. I felt so useless and helpless. It impacted me as a father. It impacted me as a man. It challenged my concept of um, what it means to be a man, the, the whole masculine narrative. I didn't really feel like a leader. I didn't feel like a worthy dad. I felt like a shit dad. I felt like a crap father, you know, because I can't protect this girl. I mm. can't do anything. Yeah. Um, you know, my wife's looking at me uh, for strength and here I am. I'm just trying to keep myself together. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would, I, w- I would want to encourage anyone that's listening, stop thinking about why stuff is happening to you and start thinking about how and what and where and when and who. Those are the things that are practical. Those are the things that you'll probably find something in there that you can do something about. And, when, and it's interesting because, you know, um, I, I like to think that I'm that evidence of that. You know, uh, uh, there's nothing special about me. I want to say that. I'm just, I, I got pissed off to the point that I got so desperate that I had to do something. Yeah. And I didn't know what. I, di- I didn't know how. <laughs> I, I didn't know when or where or with who, but I, I knew why. Mm. So, it's, yeah. it's a great distinction, Jason, between the two whys. So many people are so focused on why does this keep happening and why why aren't we doing better in business or why is my family member suffering like this instead of why would I keep going? Why would I yes. cope? Why would I challenge this? Why would I seek change? And, and yeah. that's a huge, there's a chasm between those two whys and what they're, they're rooted in. And the second one, as you've so nicely pointed out, leads to action. Yes, it leads to change. You know, when, yeah. when we have a strong enough internal why, instead of looking for that external why, we really we stop being victims and we start being superheroes uh, mm. to to cheesily grab hold of your theme here, mate. Um, and we start taking action. It's like, well, what can I do? And they are really empowering questions that you just rattled off. Mm. It, it, it's interesting because, like you said, when you shift from one side of the spectrum to the other, it does change your narrative. It does, it, it changes the way you think. It changes the way you talk to yourself. Um, the, for anyone listening, I, I would say, just be mindful of what you say. 
mm-hmm. to yourself, you know. Um, it, 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 I, there's so much power in words. Um, I remember when I was feeling at my lowest and I, I let it all out. I was screaming, I was swearing, I was, you know, punching the steering wheel. You let that anger out. There has to come a point where you say to yourself, get up, you know, move forward, keep your chin up, keep going, get moving, get it done. Those are the sort of things that you've got to start saying in your head over and over again. So, um, and those are the, that's the sort of talk you need to have with yourself in order to get you, get you through those things. Um, and when you start focusing on the how a lot and the what's and the where's, and the, you'd be surprised. Uh, you dwell on that long enough, something's going to come your way. I don't know if you ever noticed that when, when you fall in love with a car, let's say you, Warwick, say you love your red Lamborghinis. I don't know if red's, maybe, uh, maybe you like a, a black Lamborghini. How many times do you just all of a sudden start noticing black Lamborghinis everywhere? Yep. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, subconsciously you start noticing it. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a bit like that. If you keep focusing on, I, I, I think that's when you start to attract it. Mm. At least I believe that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, know, you talked about your your neighbour or you know the lady in your street that did alterations, those sorts of opportunities. So I, I don't think it's that they show up, it's that we notice them. Mm. yes they're already there it's just that we don't see them until we allow ourselves to start thinking about well who could who could i get help from or how could we achieve this and then we be we open our eyes to opportunity around us i mean you're i i don't want to diminish your story because it is so emotive and probably you know pulls at the heartstrings of a lot of our listeners including myself with a young daughter um and there are so many parallels, given that we're all humans and we have this thing called human behavior in psychology, between what our listeners go through on a day-to-day basis with something seemingly as simple as business mm. uh, and, you know, that shift in mindset around the how, how could I yeah. increase my profit by 50% instead of why can't I or why isn't it is so, so powerful and puts us in the, the victor role, in that superpower role. It, it's interesting because when you don't know, there's someone out there that does. Yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. There's, for any tradie out there that is thinking, oh, I can't grow my business because of such and such, such whatever bullshit excuse you're giving yourself. And, you know, if, if you're shaking your head at me now saying you don't understand, <laughs> mate, I'm I, 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 I'm saying I'm saying there are hundreds and maybe thousands of people that are saying the same thing you're saying, but I encourage you to find someone that has because then then you've got really no excuse. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, yes, th- there's arguments there that okay could be luck, right place, right time, that sort of thing. Um, but then I, I always remember the, the the story of the stone cutter. You know, it's not the um, you know it's not is it the hundredth time that he strikes that that stone that cuts it or is it the 99 times before then that he kept striking it that caused that that stone to break um i don't know if you've heard of that analogy i'm not giving it i'm not i'm not doing it justice but it's just that repetition i've got to find out where how 
Where? Mm-hmm. Who can I speak to? Do you know? No. Do you know someone that knows? No. Okay, I'll go somewhere else. What does Google say? What? Look for it. You, you'll find something or at least you'll gain something from it. I have stuffed up so many times. I've blown money that you can't imagine. I've exposed my family financially by putting my whatever money I had left over into Super T after just trying to survive through Angela's treatment because I had a strong enough why. I believed in this. I just needed to know how. And I didn't know that, but I knew that if I kept focusing on it, 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 it would, well, I'll figure it out. Something will yeah. come our way. Now I've got a board of people um, that sit on the, you know, I've, I've got a board of directors that help with, with helping to drive the charity. And it's interesting because I've met some of them in the most strangest ways. You know, I worked on one, uh, the chair of our board, I worked on his house. <laughs> as a trade, I was doing a job and I'm hearing this guy on the phone and he's saying all these fancy corporate words. And I'm like, what the bloody hell does this guy do? You know, he's got a nice home. He's, he's dressed nice and he's talking very, uh, you know, very smart. Um, I've got to ask him. And then when I found out, geez, he works for one of the largest accounting firms in the world. I had to, I had to say to this guy, look, this, this, is what I'm, this is what I want to do and I need help. Would you be able to help me? And just because he said no in the beginning, didn't I took it as a K-N-O-W instead of a N-O. <laughs> you just don't know enough, mate. Let me tell you more. Let me tell you more. And he eventually came around, and I'm very proud to say he's a chair, he's uh, chair of the, the board now. Um, and I've met other people that sit on the board just, just through asking, how do I do it? I want This is my mountaintop. There's reasons why the mountaintop is smaller than the bottom of the mountain, you know, because a lot of people give up on the way there. Um, and only a certain amount of space is occupied for those that do make it. Um, but I do realize that you don't get there by yourself. You've got to, you've got to get help, you know, mm-hmm. and there are people that have climbed it that will tell you, Hey, you know, watch this or look out for that. Or this is what happened to me. Um, so I don't, I, I don't know. You've got to excuse me. I don't, I don't really feel qualified in talking about, <laughs> about this. You know, I'm still climbing my mountain and slipping, you know, <laughs> I can't see too many slips. I I am intrigued though in some of those slips because no matter how strong we are of mind or how certain or positive we are, uh, and I'm probably leading you to something we spoke a little bit about on the phone the other day, there are times in our life where all of that is challenged, just like what you've been through with your beautiful daughter. There have been other times in your life when you've been challenged. Did you always have such a strong sense of self such a strong sense of your mental health or have there been difficult times as well that have led you to be so much stronger now? Yeah, well, um, I grew up in a household where um, my father worked a lot, very rarely saw him and money was a big problem which caused a, a big issue um, between my parents. So I was exposed to that. I got kicked out of home when I was 18 years old um, and my best mate committed suicide at the time, which for an 18 year old, you know, during that phase of his life where friends are, are, are very important, it, it, you know, to bury your best friend, it shocks you. It shocks your system. All of a sudden you're asking questions like, you know, one minute he, he's here and one minute he's not. Um, and now I've got to bury my best mate. What's the purpose of, of it all? Uh, 
fell in love um, with the wrong girl um, that um, led to my first divorce uh, at such a young age. We, you know, we eloped. So I, I'm, I'm very proud to say, and I'm not, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but I'm very proud to say I fucked up quite a lot. Um, and thankfully I did that early in my life <laughs> and I, 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 you know, I've suffered in different ways, but it's interesting because y- you have two types of pain, the pain that hurts and the pain that changes or yes. alters, Yes. you know, and, um, you know, if you don't know what type of pain it is, go touch a hot kettle, <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's see if you touch it again. And if, if you still haven't learned your lesson, keep touching it until, <laughs> until you learn, um, so I went through some stuff in my earlier days and then I, I think that, uh, you know, being faced with other things, like we went through situations where we've lost children, unfortunately trying to become parents, shit just happens to you, mm. you know, and you just, you just got you to gotta know that life goes on. Um, so for me it was... Um, realizing that things are going to happen to you and you've got a choice on how you can react to it. At least that's the only thing that you can control, you know, then you're going to be this resentful, angry person that no one wants to be around that you actually take a toll on people. Um, or you're going to try and make the best of what you've got. One of the things that really helped me and my wife with Angela's treatment was every day we texted each other three things that we're grateful for. It was a challenge and it was a bit of a game. So anybody going through a relationship problem or going through a real tough time, I hope that you find benefit in this. It's not going to help everybody. A lot of people listening will probably shrug this off and go, I'm not going to do this. But for those that are interested, this is how it works. Someone that you love and trust, say to them, hey, I'm going to text you three things that I'm grateful for. You're going to text me three things you're grateful for. But here's the thing. You can't use the same thing twice. Okay. Oh, that is a big challenge. Okay. And in the first couple of days, you're texting things like, you know, I'm grateful for my home, uh, to have a nice home to, to sleep in. I'm grateful for my wife. I'm grateful for my kids. We'll see how you go in a month's time when you are <laughs> running out of things to say. But there lies the mindset shift yeah. because now you're actively looking for things to be grateful for. You're like, okay, I'm grateful for coffee. I'm grateful for waffles. And then all of a sudden, you've trained your mind to look for things to be happy for. And I really hope that helps someone out there. You know, I'm, like I said, I'm not. Not qualified. I've just, I can only talk from personal experience. That really helped my wife and I get through seeing our daughter suffer. Mm. You know, um, that really made a difference for us where, okay, what light can we bring to this dark mm. situation? So I think there's, there's a lot of wisdom and experience, Jason. It's not always about uh, academic knowledge and qualifications. Uh, and, you know, we say that a bit here in our role as coaches and mentors as well about qualifications. And and I hear a lot of people like yourself who have lived a heck of a lot of life in the years that they've been here uh, who are, I believe, eminently more qualified to speak on these topics than some of the people that fortunately or unfortunately garner um, a lot of media. So, uh Right. <laughs> you uh, <laughs> you have a lot of experience, and experience mm. leads to wisdom. You know, it's, oh, it's the oh. old uh, 
tribal knowledge that used to get passed on mm-hmm. it was from experience. The people, as you mm-hmm. said, that have climbed the mountain, they're the ones that know yeah. how to climb the mountain, not someone who read about it in a book so much. Uh, I, I, I don't consider myself a leader. I don't think I've got, I still, I'm still trying to get leadership qualities. You know, I've tried to grow my business with teams and I've failed. I've failed more than once. I've tried to hold on to staff. I've tried to motivate staff. I've tried to um, encourage people to, you know, to, to challenge their perspectives. So I, I'm very much about growing as, a, as an individual. I, I don't feel qualified enough to consider myself a leader, um, but I'm interested in becoming one. Um, and I, I want to become one. And I, I you know, I, I look for those that I consider to be good leaders. I think it's important to have role models in your life. Um, and when I say role models, be very careful who your role models are. Like what you've just said um, can play a major factor where you're seeing one aspect of a person, perhaps publicly, mm. and and not the real version of who they are. Um, if you can find someone that you respect and admire who's been through uh, the trenches, who, who's got a lot of war stories and, and scars, and made it through the other end, I think you'll find value with that. I think it's great to have mentors. I wouldn't be where I am today without the help of others sort of spending time, giving up time, which is so precious. I mean, let's face it, face it, you know, time, especially for tradies, you know, we live our life by time. It's like, okay, how much time is it going to take to do this or that? Time is precious. When someone gives up their time to help you, welcome that, soak it in, be humble, don't think. Don't go in there trying to brag or boast and, and, and think that you are, you know, on equal footing or par or, or, or better than someone. Everybody knows something that you don't. Mm. Um, I, I'm very nervous as a CEO. I, I still challenge myself to think if I'm qualified. Um, I'm just leading with my heart on my sleeve and my northern star is okay. I, I just want to help sick kids. Who wants to help? Um, so it's, it's tough, man. It's tough. It's, there's a lot of tradies out there going through different things, especially with COVID people are trying to just keep the roof over their head. There's a lot of tradies out there that are perhaps going through difficult times with their loved ones. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I want to encourage them. Keep going. You've made it this far. Keep going, guys. You know, and girls, just you're doing great. Look back. Be grateful. Um, keep at it. Solid advice, Jason. Now, um, I guess there'll be a few people listening to this probably wondering, well, where is Super T headed? Uh, you know, what's what's sort of the the vision for Super T and what's on the horizon for it? And I guess, you know, we should uh, – um, you know, give an update, I suppose, on on your own journey and, and Angela's journey, mate. So, uh, just to, to answer any questions out there with our listeners, certainly. Um, my little girl, she's turning nine this month. Only recently, I sat down with her and uh, explained to her the full extent of what it is that she's been through. I told her the story. It was a couple of hours. We sat in our backyard here, mm-hmm. and I. I I told it as it is, everything she went through, I explained to her what cancer was. You know, she was too young mm. to remember anything. And I think that was a blessing. Yeah. Um, and I don't think she quite understood the gravity of the situation. 
because, you know, she's seen herself on the TV and in magazines and newspapers that a few of her friends are starting to ask her questions. So it was time to sit down and explain that to her. There was a lot of laughter, a lot of tears. I was very careful with what I said to her. I didn't want to leave her anxious or scared. Mm. Um, and then I had to be very careful with how I, how I explained how I felt about it all. I think a lot of parents tend to forget. Um, well, when I say parents, I mean hospital parents or parents that have children that have been through hospital. Whenever you leave hospital, you're leaving with two things. You're leaving with um, the fear of having to go back and you're leaving with absolute clarity or laser focus on what's important in life. Mm -hmm. Those are the two things that you leave hospital with. With me, my fear of ever going back is still with me. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I display the symptoms of PTSD. I, 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 every time my daughter gets sick with a stomach ache or a headache, you can imagine what's going through my mind. Um, but I cope. You know, I deal with it, um, whatever way I can. So it's the demons in your mind, those whispers that you try and challenge. So um, that's my my daughter is. Yeah, she loves her TikTok. She loves hip hop. She loves, you know, YouTube. She loves friends. Um, she's addicted too much to her iPad. Um, she's just a happy, bubbly little girl, and it's a blessing every day to to, to have her. Myself, um, I'm weary of how much time Super T takes for me to try and essentially get this startup to scale. Um, I. I'm very proud to know that we're a nationwide charity, that we have the support of hospitals nationwide that are welcoming and, and asking for more of our super teas. I'm very proud to know that there are that our entire business model depends on the generosity of other people that want to know where their money's going. And, and I, I like to challenge that narrative of people that say, oh, don't donate to charities. You don't know where your money goes. Well, mm. I'm not asking you for, for that. I'm asking you to buy a super tea for a child in hospital. Mm. And that gives me the ability to keep doing that. Um, my dream is to have one available for every time there's a child given bad news. I want to welcome them into that world of, of the, the, the superhero um, imagination. One of our sayings is strength through imagination. The future is, I've never been involved in something with so much potential. We're, we're thinking of coming out with different versions an NRL version for adults. You can imagine that, <laughs> you know, you know, can you, can you imagine? Um, it's interesting. I pitched to the NRL and I made this pitch up just, uh, you know, before moments before walking into that room, I was like, what the bloody hell am I going to say to them? Um, you know, I'm an ill supporter. I'm a paramedic ill supporter. Um, a lot of people probably shaking their heads now. <laughs> A, a couple of years back, they the club wasn't doing too well. Um, so to be a fan during that time, you're a loyal fan. You're there for your team during their hardest time. And the challenge I set to the NRL was, when is the team ever there for the fans when they're going through their worst time? Well, I think I have something for that. Mm. Um, so I, I would like to see the NRL, AFL get on board with this so we can have an adult and adolescent range. Mm. Um, we've got different different attachments that click onto the super tea, the whole medical devices. It's, it's special. It's something that can, that can go far. I really think it has the, the potential to go worldwide. 
I get asked through social media, how do we bring this to Canada, America, Europe? I don't know. <laughs> I, I fire that question back. How, how, how would you do it? <laughs> Again, it's how. Yeah, I know yeah. why I want to do it, but um, how? And, and that's kind of my journey now. I'm trying to figure out how do I bring this, how do I make this bigger? How do I get that snowball going? Mm. Um, success for me, obviously success is different for a lot of people. So I measure it through wealth. Um, I just want to know that I have left a legacy of sorts. I want to know that I want people to believe that, Hey, if this guy can do it and look at him, (laughs) if this guy can do it, maybe I can, you know, I don't have, you know, I finished year 12. I don't have much in terms of an education. I've never been a CEO a lot of tradies out there will probably re- relate that. I, I doubt that there's a lot of tradies out, out there with tertiary education in terms of university degrees and that sort of thing, um, you know, trying to figure it out. Um, I, I, I think it's less about what you know and, and a bit of how do you figure it out and who you know. I think it's more to do with that. So, um, yeah, I I would like to see Super T become the staple for every hospital in every you know, for every child around the world. That's kind of my goal. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe you'll have me back on your show in, uh, in five, 10 years or something. Eh? Let's lock it in. <laughs> we'll lock it in. You've said it now. It's got to happen. <laughs> <laughs> see how we go. See how we go. 10 year, uh, 10 year anniversary of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard because you get to that stage now where like we're talking to corporates where we're, you know, we're, we're discussing contracts um, you need that team of people behind you, you know, to handle that sort of level of, of, of risk in, in, in conversation and potential. Um, tradies, you can't do it all yourself. You need, you need a group of people you can rely on and trust. Um, you need friends that, you, that celebrate the wins with you. Um, you need good friends and you don't need that many. Mm-hmm. Um, and be prepared to lose friends along the way in your in your pursuit to try and get to where you want to be in life and some of those people might actually be your family mm-hmm. you know um yeah i just i hope people find value in this chat i do i know they will i absolutely <laughs> know they will jason yeah. um we have done many many interviews over the years here at tradies in business and uh we're, I think we're starting to develop a, a sixth sense for which ones are going to get a bunch of downloads and some good feedback, mate. So um, you should hope so. Absolute um, gold in terms of wisdom, and mate, really appreciate your open sharing of your story. And uh, yeah, I'm sure it's touched touched the heart of many listeners. And um, for those that you know, don't have Kids, even uh, I know there's stuff in there around change and just, uh, you know, the difference between the two whys is a cracker for me, mate, not to sum up the whole yep. episode. But, uh, mate, just want to say thank you. It's fantastic to speak to you. Uh, I look forward to seeing NRL Super Tees in, uh, in hospitals around the country and around the world sometime soon, big fella. Can you imagine that? Thank you very much for having me on the show, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Absolute Jason. Pleasure. You've been listening to the Tradies in Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesinbusiness.com.au.